Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Wow, I'll tell you what. We got some preachers in this house. How many think Eric did an awesome job this morning? Woo-hoo! Wow. Man, where are you, Eric? There you are. That was awesome this morning, man. I'm telling you what, I feel like I should just sit down and let you finish that sermon. Like, just do an amen or something. That was great, Eric. It really was. And it was really in alignment with what I'm talking about today. The songs that Jeff picked are about that. And, and uh, man, where's my youngest? Where is he? Right there. How many thought he did a good job? Man. Man. Yeah. Well, I was talking about Ryan's fires this morning, too, man. You got a reputation, boy. <laughs> So, all right, well, let's do some announcements first. That's always a good thing to do, and I sure hope I don't miss any. Tis the season where so many things are going on. So this coming Wednesday at 6 o'clock right here, we're going to be having our uh, annual Christmas dinner, and uh, we're going to do a little party in. We're going to do a little gift giving. If you want to be a part of the White Elephant gift giving, you don't have to be, but if you bring a gift, you get to participate. And uh, we don't want you to go to anything extravagant. And if you want to give a white elephant that's funny, that's cool. If you want to give one that's utilitarian, that's cool. If you want to give an elf's, elf's outfit for Logan, that would be the best. So uh, he's done that before. He's a good sport. He'll wear it if you bring it. <laughs> so just saying. So anyway, that's going to be this coming Wednesday at 6 o'clock. The comps is going to go out and harvest two Christmas trees. One for our house and one for this house here. And we're going to get it real big and tall and stuff. And, and I'm not sure we're going to decorate. I was thinking maybe Wednesday before the, the dinner. So anyway, we're going to be doing some decorating before dinner. You can come out a little bit early. If you want to do that, that would be fantastic. It would be kind of fun, a bunch of us doing that. So uh, Wednesday, 6 o'clock here, not at Tamaris. I mean, you're, your house is so big, we can probably fit everybody in there, but it would be kind of tight, right? It's stand-up food only. But anyway, so it's going to be right here, Wednesday, 6 o'clock. We'll go to 8 o'clock, and we'll call her good. And so I got a little potluck thing here. There's a place for turkey, Christmas ham, venison, mashed taters. Compton's are bringing the candy taters, but they're the Compton special. So there, we'll start over here. If you want to bring your own version, that would be fine, too. And uh, mashed taters are always good. So whatever you bring, we'd love to have you. Uh, next thing, today, today, at 1 o'clock, is that correct? 2 o'clock. We don't want to show up early. At 2 o'clock at the Hunter's Home. Does everybody know where that's at? It's in Eugene. It's in Eugene. You'd be wondering. You better start now to find it. So anyway... I don't have the specific number, but it's over off of Good Pasture Island Road. And what's the apartment complex? Uh, Valley River Court. Valley River Court. What's your number? 96. Apartment 96. Apartment 96 in Valley River Court. And uh, if you park in the front and you're just going to walk, you're going to be walking. It's about a mile back in there. I know that because that's what I did first time. And I go, I must have knocked on most, or at least gone into every building. Oh, wrong numbers, okay. And so, uh, anyway, it's all the way at the back. And so it says here, park in an unmarked, uncovered spot, and you don't have to have a mask. So uncover your face when you go in there. 
And uh, don't park in a handicapped spot either. Now, there are lots of places back there to park if we're just doing this rotation thing. Now, this is not like sit down and eat their food kind of thing. This is called bring a gift, give them a hug, grab a cupcake, right? Cupcake. And then, uh, you know, head out. It's not going to be a big deal, but it's going to be a fun deal. So anyway, uh, a third story apartment. For those of you who haven't gotten your exercise, man, I'm telling you what, it's tough. And that third <laughs> level is hard. That just shows how out of shape I am. So anyway, Hunter housewarming, 2 o'clock today at uh, Valley River, Good Pasture Island Road. Valley River Courts. Valley River Courts. Apartment 96, third floor. Oh, it's on Facebook. Okay. Bring your oxygen if you're like me to climb those three, three stairs. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Wednesday evening or Sunday evening assembly. It is at Tamra's once again. Also, too, uh, there will be no college age uh, Bible study tomorrow night because we're shifting it to Friday night, this coming Friday night, the 17th, 6 o'clock. Bring yourself and a wild uh, white elephant gift. And uh, we're going we're gonna to do the Christmas story as well as have a lot of fun and games. So anyway, if you're college age, that would love to have you. Any other announcements? I have one. Yes. Next week I'll bring a flyer, but just so everybody can mark the day, the ladies Christmas party is on the 23rd. Okay. At 6 o'clock. The 23rd, 6 o'clock, ladies dinner at, at your house? Oh. And then we'll go to my house for gifts. Oh. Uh, so bring a gift, $150 for the gift exchange. Okay. Super. All right. And she's going to be on fire next week, so everybody will be dialed in. Any other announcements? Anybody have a birthday coming up this week? Athena. 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 Tiffany's daughter. Athena. How old is she? Do you know? I don't know. She's probably 10. I'm guessing 10. Are you watching, Athena? I know there's several people watching. I can't tell. My eyeballs aren't very good. We're going to say happy birthday to Athena. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Woohoo! Uh-oh. Next Sunday is your birthday. Oh. All right. My wife was giving me the high sign that I was supposed to sing you happy birthday right now. But we'll wait till next Sunday. You better show up. <laughs> All right. Now we got, we got these uh, really cool uh, words of encouragement here. I, you know what? I thought I had more than... Oh, I got four. Okay, good. All right. Kirk, I'm so thankful for your steadfastness. You're an example of strength in the Lord. I so appreciate your lessons, your ability to pull truths from the scriptures, and I appreciate your tenderheartedness. You are a good man. I didn't write this, but I can say amen 110%. Give it up for her. Woohoo! Thank you for being a great man. Andrew Warren, I so appreciate how you balance everything you have on your plate. Work, school, spiritual growth, being a husband. Uh, love seeing the Warren family here. Amen. Give it up for Andrew Warren right over there. Great message, Jeff. Thank you for challenging us. I know it is because you love us, 
So keep it up. That must have might have been a painful one. We we know you love us. So anyway, let's go to for Jeff Trillinger. <laughs> uh, awesome lesson, Eric. Two Lord's Supper meditations. Two home runs out of the park. Super encouraging lesson. They spelled super supper. That's weird. Anyway. Uh, supper encouraging lessons. You are doing a great job in feeding us. Well, there it is right there. I should have read it before. Okay. Wow. It's going spell it right, man. And you even put quotes around it. Like, really? Okay. <laughs> super encouraging lesson. You are doing a great job in feeding and building us up in the truth. We have another preacher among us. How many would agree with that? Yeah, man, let's give it up for Eric. That was awesome. Man, Eric. That, your lesson last week was really incredible, too. The king of Sodom. That was amazing. So, All right, is there anything else that we need to deal with before we get started? Anything? Well, there's probably a lot of things we need to deal with, but that's probably what you got to do in your life and I got to do in my life. But, but, but let's get started with the scriptures. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew in chapter chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. I hope you got the lesson plan this morning uh, because there's a lot of scriptures in there that we may or may not get to. I might have to describe some of them. But Matthew chapter uh, 5, we listen to King Jesus in the Beatitudes. And he's talking about an attitude, a mindset that we need to have a super important mindset that we need to have to be able to power through, um, you know, the challenges in life. You know, what Eric was preaching was right on. That was fantastic. Hope you're listening. Because some of those attitudes are, you know what, it's tough right now, but just like a dad disciplines his children so that they will enjoy the peaceful fruit of righteousness, it's not joyful at the time, but I'm telling you what, the great joy that it produces if we'll receive that discipline, is absolutely off the chart amazing. But so oftentimes when we're in the thick of it, we don't realize that. So that was fantastic. And you shared that. You, you made that statement out of the Hebrew. So it's fantastic. So this is the same thing. Jesus is telling us to have the right mindset, the right attitude, which means mindset, about persecution in our lives. And I really do think we need to listen to King Jesus Verse 10, uh, Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 10. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, because of being a Christian. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill which cannot be hidden. Nor, nor, nor anyone lights a lamp and, and puts it under a, a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let's pray. 
Father, I would ask in your son's name, Jesus, this morning, that you would help us to get the right mindset. And as I was talking uh, with Ryan coming out here this morning, as, as he shared with me a, a motivational preacher in regards to powering through and, and not giving up, that is a great, a great uh, uh, presentation. Now, Father, we do need to have that mindset that we are never going to quit. We're going to continue to push forward and through our crosses that uh, that we are called to bear. And I just pray, Father, that you would help us to see that this mindset really is the right mindset as Jesus speaks to us the attitude he desires for us to have and the understanding of who we are. And I would pray, Father, that that you would help us to think about how does this apply specifically to my life and the challenges and the difficulties that I'm facing now to prepare me for the challenges that may be ahead. Father, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Now, Jesus gives us a great template. Uh, it, the thinking about the, the blessings of the difficulties in our lives. Oftentimes, we think of the negative side, the pain at the time, but really the lesson at the time can be very powerful because you don't know what the future holds, but he does, and he's preparing you for that future. And so they are a rich blessing. But then to be able to rejoice and be glad in that, you know, that's a, another thing that we need to really understand. What does, he, what does that mean? And then finally, in light of all of that, it's important for us to continue to, to, to be the salt and the light especially as the generation that we're in continues to, to fall into really spiritual oblivion. The people are created in the image of God, everyone. No matter what their, their philosophy is, they're going to stand before King Jesus. And our hearts should be the desire of God. But he desires that none should perish, but all to come to repentance. In fact, in Timothy, it clearly teaches that he desires that all would come to a saving knowledge of his son. That's why he sent his son, is so that every human being would be saved. And you know the scripture, it teaches that God did not create the lake of fire for human beings. He created the lake of fire for the devil and his angels, not for human beings. He sent his son to save every human being from that eventuality, following Satan, following self, which is Satan's calling you to serve self right into the abyss. You see, God loves, God desires that in the difficult times when we want to throw in the towel, we won't because we know what he has prepared for us and we are going to stay the course until the end. And so it's really interesting to me that he says blessed here in verse 10. Blessed are those who have been persecuted Blessed are when people insult you and persecute you. Blessed? What does that mean, blessed? I, it's, it can't be a blessing. Well, it can be. You know the word blessed there? I didn't know what that meant. I mean, I never looked it up. You know what it means? I want you to go look it up. But this is what I found. And I'm scratching my head going, how's that possible? The word blessed in the Greek here, in this particular, means to be happy and prosperous with great joy in God's favor. That's, that's a direct quote. 
So when we're going through persecution and people are insulting us and people are spitting on us, people are, well, they were killing Christians back then. And who knows? They might do that again today here. They're doing it in other places, of course. Blessed to be happy and prosperous with great joy in God's favor. I wonder if I understand what that actually means. That, that's the Greek right there. Jesus, blessed are you when you're persecuted. Blessed are you when people insult you and they persecute you because your name is Christian. I don't know about you, I'm scratching my bald head. Going, what do you mean, Lord? Are you? I mean, it seems odd. Maybe we don't look at it from the right perspective. Maybe we're not looking at persecutions from God's standpoint. You, know, you heard me say this before. A dear Belarusian friend, Sasha Chernitsky, was born and raised in the Soviet Union. His father was a great scientist for the Soviet Union. And uh, he said he, he really loved it when, after having become a, a believer, the persecutions came. Because he said that during persecutions, you knew who was your friend and who wasn't. Everybody, it was death sentence if you said anything to anybody. So the people that came to the secret underground churches, man, their, their head was on the block just like yours. He said it was so, people were so committed to, to the life of Christ, to reading and studying and growing and helping other people and being very careful, of course. He says, but when the wall came down and everything was okay, he said... <laughs> People were going to church and they'd stab you in the back and lie about you and steal from you and, and take stuff. Uh, he said, uh, you, you never even knew. So what we need is a good persecution. Well, I don't know if I agree with that, but persecution can be good. It can be a blessing and it can be joyful. Jesus said so. So take a look at point number one. Blessed are you through persecution. My first question is, what is there about persecution that should make us so happy, prosperous, and joyful? That's my first question. You know, whenever I read the Bible, I always, I always ask questions. Do you think that's a valid question? What is it about persecution that should make me happy and prosperous and joyful? It doesn't seem right. Well, take a look at the next question, question number two. The question is, is what kind of persecution are you talking about, Lord? What kind of persecution? You're saying, well, that's kind of an odd question in and of itself. Let's read verse 10. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. If you're persecuted for standing up for being a Christian, if you're persecuted, not for going and looking for a fight, but you're persecuted because you choose to live your life according to the standard of God's word, the Lord's way and not the world's way. If you're persecuted because of that, the blessings that will come to you that will bring great joy, great happiness, great prosperity. During the time of persecution, it'll be painful. But what will be on the other side if you remain faithful and you continue to power through is going to be absolutely out of this world. Let me give you an example. If you make it, if you power through the persecution, if you rejoice, if you shine the light of Christ through you, when you stand before King Jesus, it'll be like, like 
you know, the, the sea is all of those who are brought before King Jesus and they're going to be separated from one another. Sheep and goats, sheep are the Christians. We're judged first, the scripture says, and we're going to receive our reward as we're going to learn. And you know, when you stand up there and you're looking out and it's just you and, and King Jesus and you're seeing all of those folks out there and you see the sheep and you see folks that you help become Christians like John West. He's smiling at me and I'm smiling at him. There's nothing like that, brethren. That's why this sermon is so important. You power through, you shine the light, you rejoice even in the midst of it because God will use you in that hour. We need to look at some scriptures. Persecuted for the sake of righteousness Persecuted because you stood, you were unashamed. You continued to serve the Lord regardless of what other people were saying or doing about you and to you. Persecuted because you are living God's way and refusing the devil's way. You know why people are going to end up in the lake of fire? Because they follow the devil. You do whatever you want, man. Have a good time. That's how that happens. But when you say, Lord, I'm going to follow you, I know it's the narrow way. I know it's the tough way. But you know, I know it's the way that's right and it's good and it's going to produce eternal life with you and strength in this life and character in this life. Thank you, Lord. Continue to move forward. You know, I need to look at these scriptures with you this morning. First Peter chapter two. I want you to turn back there. First Peter I've been planning on preaching through 1 Peter, but I figured I better consolidate some of my lessons because we're running out of time in regards to the year. We only got three Sundays left. I better hurry and get it all done in three sermons. Well, look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 20. This is fantastic. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor. Here's that word, favor. Remember the definition of blessing? Be happy and prosperous with great joy in God's favor. Three times he talks about the favor of God when you suffer for doing what's right. He says, verse 19, for this finds favor and for the sake of conscience toward God, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. If you're suffering for being a knucklehead, we'll suffer and realize the suffering is because you're a knucklehead and learn from it. But if you're suffering for doing what is right, glory in that you're doing what is right. And God is allowing you to be strengthened through this difficult time. Verse 20, for what credit is there if when you sin or are harshly treated, you endure with patience? There's no credit. There's no favor in that. But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, patiently enduring it, this finds favor with God. Favor means grace or gifts. The man or woman who powers through and does it with a great attitude, drawing other people unto Christ because of your powering through with a positive attitude, drawing people to him, you're going to have a greater reward, greater riches because of bringing others to a saving knowledge of Christ. That's what we've been called to do is live the life to draw people unto him. Now look at the next ver uh, passage in 1 Peter chapter 3. Just turn the page if you're like my Bible. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Notice what he says here. He's, and this is an important passage, verse 13 through 17. Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? 
But even if you should suffer for the what? Sake of righteousness, you're blessed. Joy, prosperity. You're blessed. And I believe now because you can be strong and strengthened for the day to come and also to for life eternal. And do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled. But what? Sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart always. In other words, live for him and not for this world. Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account of the hope that is within you. When you live for Jesus and you persevere, you got something that people don't have. You have hope and assurance of your going to heaven rather than to the lake of fire. Reading on and it says here, it says that that is in you, the hope that's in you. Yet do this with gentleness and respect and keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better if God will it so that you suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. Wow, that's a great passage of scripture right there. God's will is that you suffer for doing what is right. You're saying, well, that has warped out. No, it's not. Jake, can I use an example? That example a long time ago with Mr. Justice? Okay. Man, my I made my son suffer horribly. But I made him suffer horribly because I wanted him to be a man of integrity. He spent most of the day with my son, Ryan, overworking next door neighbors, and his hands were too cold. So he didn't do any work because his hands were too cold. And so I said, why didn't you come home and get some gloves? It was a long ways to walk. I said, great. Ryan wasn't happy because he got paid 50 bucks for having his hands in his pockets and Ryan worked. So I basically said, Jacob, grab that $50. We're going back over and talk with Mr. Justice. Remember what you said? No, no, no. I said, yes, yes, yes. And we drug him back over there, gave the $50 back. And I said, Mike, Mike Justice, Mike, if you want to ask him to come back, I'm pretty confident he'll do the job for you, okay? Mike Justice did not ask him back, at least for a while. But our next door neighbor who didn't know anything about the Mike Justice debacle asked my son, Jacob, to work. And I asked Jake, okay, so what's the lesson? He worked for eight hours, didn't stop for water, didn't stop for lunch, he worked for eight hours. And Kim Larson, Kim was the guy's name, he goes, I've never seen a young man like that in my life. Can he come back and finish? I said, yes. Would you please ask him to eat lunch and drink some water? I said, yes, I will. And he did. He finished up the job, and then Kim Larson asked him back and paid him more money per hour. Isn't that how that worked? He built, that was painful for him at first, but I loved my son, and I didn't want him to not have that work ethic. God loves us and he will put us through difficulties so that we will need to choose the right way, God's way. There's nothing wrong with that. And Eric, you did such a great job when you made that statement. My wife whispered to our son Jake about that when you said that. And so thank you, Jake, for letting me use that. You're a good man, solid man. I appreciate your work ethic as I do all my sons. Matthew chapter 10, let's turn there. Matthew chapter 10. You know, when God allows us to suffer, we have a choice. What's your attitude, your mindset? Is it that God is blessing me with the opportunity to grow? Is God blessing me with, with strength for the day, for tomorrow? 
and the blessing of life eternal. You know, Matthew chapter 10, beginning there in verse 24, amazing passage. And, and we're going to read down to verse 33. It says here, a disciple is not above his teacher and the slave not above his master. It's enough for the disciple that he become like his teacher and the slave like his master. If they called the head of the house Beelzebul, that is ruler of demons or you devil, how much more will they malign the members of his household? That's the Christians. Therefore, do not fear them. For there's nothing concealed that will not be revealed on the last day or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the darkness right now, you speak in the light and what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim among the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy, destroy both body and soul in hell. Are, are, are not two sparrows sold? Uh, uh, excuse me. Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? And yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But, they, the, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not fear. We are more valuable than many sparrows. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men. Are you ready? I love this one. I stop for a dramatic pause. So that you all go, what was he talking about? Please make sure you're focused on verse 32 and 33. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Do you believe that? It's important that when we go through difficulties, they did it to Jesus, they're going to do it to us. And if you bear the name Jesus Christ and you're willing to let people know that you are a, a, a faithful servant, believer in Jesus Christ, you're going to catch some grief from people. You just are. Those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So know that. But I want to move on to point number two. Rejoice and be glad because of the persecution. Rejoice to experience and express great joy, exaltation, and, and uh, exhilaration. To, to experience and express great joy, exaltation, and uh, exhilaration. In the, in the midst of suffering? How is that possible? Well, if we understand what true joy is, it doesn't mean we're smiling as we go through the cross. That doesn't mean, it doesn't mean smiling. If, that, if the inner man is at peace with what's going on, and you can rejoice in that difficult time. You can find joy in that difficult time. Did the apostle Paul find joy in being in that inner prison? Yes or no? Did he find joy that he could now represent God in an amazing way in that dark, dank prison where the lights went out and yet the light of Christ was still there and he changed the world for good in that hour by singing and praising God. That joy in that time changed the eternity for a whole family. It actually changed the eternity for a lot of families because that Jewish or that Roman jailer and that Jewish lady were the start of the church in Philippi and the church at Philippi sent the gospel worldwide through the Apostle Paul as they financed his ministry. Do you see what happened in the midst of persecution? The joy powerfully changed the world. That's what we need to recognize and understand, brethren. What does it mean to be glad? 
the question of glad, what's that? To be deeply pleased, affected with pleasure, rejoicing with gladness because of the reward in heaven is great. We need to look to these, these scriptural standards, these scriptural pictures, and we need to own them. We need to own them. They need to be ours. So in difficult times, you know, I once told my wife many years ago, after I got back from Belarus the first time, many of you remember who were here. That was a really scary time for me, scarier for uh, Sharon because she was pregnant with Jacob. And here I am going off to Belarus, never been there. My dad told me that the Soviets hated us and wanted to kill us and eat us. And that's my dad. My dad thought I was a goofball. My wife did too. She was not happy with me going. But the reality is, is that going over there, I had to get a mindset that no matter what happened, I was going to serve the Lord. And I really didn't know what was going to happen. Steve Doty said, oh, they're all wonderful over there. And I'm thinking everything my dad said, no, they're not all wonderful. They're all awful. And so come to find out that Steve Doty was much more correct than my dad. But you know what I decided I would do? Is they threw me in KGB prison. This was na naivety on my part. I'd never been there before. Uh, but if they kept my, I'd be singing in prison like the Apostle Paul. First of all, they wouldn't know what I was singing. But I would still sing anyway. They'd at least get the gist that I was joyful. And if they cut my tongue out, which, you know, good could be, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to tap hymns out on the wall. Just drive them nuts. You know, that was my thinking. I know, youthful thinking. I had hair back then. That made all the difference in the world. Wow. But you know what? That mindset, honestly, that's the right mindset. It is. It is. Isn't it? How do I know it is? Because it's in the scriptures. We have seen it lived out, and we can live it out in our lives. I want to look real quick. Revelation 11. Uh-oh, we're going to Revelation. I can't understand Revelation. It's so confusing. This is easy. Revelation chapter 11. You'll get this one. Revelation chapter, well, maybe not the first little bit, but you'll get the, you'll get the, the, the core, the important part. Beginning there in verse uh, 15. Then the seventh angel sounded and there was loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of, of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. He will reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who, who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God saying, now listen to what these, these great men of God said. These aren't angels. These are actual men. We give thanks, O Lord God, the Almighty, who, who are and who were. That's a powerful statement in and of itself. Because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. And the nations were enraged and your wrath came and, and, and the time came for the dead to be judged and the time to reward your bondservants, the prophets and the saints. That's us. And those who fear your name, the small and the great, to destroy those who destroy the earth. You know what? When we get to heaven, our judgment is going to be something like this. You did so many amazing things, Sharon. Can I pick on you? There's not going to be one bad thing that Sharon's ever done because Jesus paid for all those sins. So King Jesus is going to say, Sharon, you did all these wonderful things. He's going to start maiming them off. It's going to be great. You made great scones. You made great... Well, 
There are a lot of firefighters in this world that think that's true, but they're not going to be on the judgment seat. You know what's amazing? You know what God's going to say? Jesus going to say? What a servant you were. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. What a servant. When there was a need, you stepped up. A lot of people didn't know, but now you're knowing. It's amazing. So Jesus is going to say something like that, but he's not going to have any bad stuff. Now look at 1 Peter. This is why we can rejoice. Look at 1 Peter. 1 Peter says, this is why we can rejoice. This is why we can have great exhilaration and exaltation and joy inexpressible. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 19. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fire ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. Notice, he's testing you. Are you going to pass the test? Are you going to power through? And be positive and powerful in influencing other people. It says here, But to the degree that you share the suffering of Christ, keep on rejoicing. Why? So that also at the revelation of his glory, when Jesus comes back, you may rejoice with exaltation. If you're reviled for the name of Christ, you're blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. People know it. When you're rejoicing... In the time of persecution, people know that you're different. You're not the same cut of cloth as everybody else. You're different. What makes you different? Christ in you. Hope of heaven. You're powering through with great joy. It goes on and it says here uh, in verse 15, make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he's not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? You know the answer to that one, don't you? You know the answer to that one, don't you? That don't obey the gospel? They're not going to make it. And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, those who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Brethren, when you go through suffering, if it's not because you were a knucklehead, I'm, I'm going to take that part out because God does several times. If, if you suffer because of a knucklehead, learn from it and don't do that again. But if you suffer because of the name of Jesus Christ, God has allowed that in your life. Don't go, God, what are you doing? You should say, Lord, teach me the lesson. Make me stronger. My son wasn't asking that back in the day, but he has become a strong man. Our Father in heaven loves us enough to test us and put us under difficult trials so that we'll grow, but we need to choose his way for the sake of righteousness. Now, I want to encourage you in your lesson plan. You have a whole bunch of Revelation verses on overcoming. I want you to turn to Revelation 2.17. It's in red in your lesson plan. I have it in red, verse 17, Revelation 2, verse 17. I picked this one because I am totally excited about, I'm not excited about all of them, but this one particularly has caught my eye over the many years. It says here in chapter 2, in verse 17, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna. Now, that's not just because I love to eat. That's going to be so exciting to eat the food from heaven. The hidden manna. 
And I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. Some of you know my love language is uh, uh, words of encouragement. You know that name he's going to give me? It's going to describe my service to him. Remember he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That name is going to describe what I did for him. And I don't know about you, but man, I get jacked up when someone says, good job, Bill. You did such, you knocked it out of the park. You know, whatever, whatever people say. I love that. It just, just light me up. Okay. That's my love language. God's got that one dialed in for me. That's my verse. There's other ones in here. Gifts that are, gift giving is yours. He's got them all covered. You're going to get it. The reward. If you stay the course and are joyful knowing that the reward is for those who are ready. Finally, you are the salt and the light. I'm not going to spend much time on this one. You've heard this over and over and over again, but I do want to share this. What does it mean that you're salt? You ever heard the old statement, he's a salty dog? You heard that one? That's not what I'm talking about, okay? Have you ever been a salty, called a salty dog before, Jeff? Never. Never? <laughs> That's good. But you are the salt, you know, in Christ Jesus. I'll tell you what, we need to bring life into people's lives. If we're going around, you know, like life's miserable, it's a Monday every day of the week, we're not bringing any life to people. I mean, they're, that's what they're thinking. Great. That's called the blind leading the blind. You both fall in a pit. You know, we need to bring life. I've said it so many times before. The reason people know that we're not Belarusian is because they can sense the aura of freedom in our body language and who we are, how we express ourselves. And it's not just because we speak English. They just know it. You don't have to open your mouth. It's truly true. The point here is this, is that we should have that, that expression of great freedom and power as Christians. So if your mindset is on the world, you know what you're going to look like? The world? If your mindset is set on Christ and the power he gives, you know what you're going to look like? You're going to act like somebody who's, what, more than a conqueror. You've overcome in Christ Jesus. People are going to see it. They're going to know it. And so, what does it mean to be light? We're called to enlighten and to bring the light of the truth, the real truth. Jesus Christ is the real truth into people's lives. Look at the scriptures on your own. Matthew 11, Ephesians 5, and 1 Peter 2. In fact, let's, let's look at 1 Peter 2 in closing. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. Um, if you want a really great sermon on this, actually a series of sermons, um, Brian Bragg preached on this for four weeks. Did an awesome job. Verse 11 and 12. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers, because we really are, we're not of this world anymore. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. Why? So that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they might, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. You know, evil people are going to do bad things to us. I always love it when people quote preachers. Have you ever noticed that? 
that people sometimes quote preachers, they got such really cool little sayings. You know, and usually really great preachers, megachurch preachers, they have really cool sayings, but they, they don't mean anything. What did I just say? What was the statement I just said that probably will never be quoted again? There's really bad people out there. They're going to bad, do bad stuff to us. How we respond is going to prove whether you are walking in the spirit or if your head is in this world. It's true. You want to change the world? No matter what comes, you want to change the world? You want more and more people to become Christians? You stay the course. Know that you're blessed. Rejoice in times of persecutions when they insult you and spit on you and maybe even kill you. You just keep powering through. Go to the scriptures. Look at the examples of those who've gone on before us. They did it. We can do it. You and I can do it by faith and the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. What should we do then? Continue to live the life of Christ so that when they see our good deeds, they'll know we're different and they'll want the hope and the freedom that we have that they don't. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Lord God in heaven, the mindset for persecution, how blessed we are as your people. We need to really build that correct mindset that it's truly a blessing. The amazing prosperity that is, is being built in us and for us in those times. Father, help us to see them. Lord God, there's so many examples in the physical world of that truth. Why not your church recognize the spiritual truth is the same? Lord, also too, I pray that we would rejoice so that we will show a difference so that when people see us and hear us, they'll go, man, that person is free even though they're in prison. That person is joyful even though they're suffering. That person is excited about life even though it's about to be taken away. They must be not of this world. Father, I pray that we would live for you and not for this world. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's stand and uh, get excited together. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings, King of Kings. All right, let's go do it. Let's do it. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.